0: Welcome to the More Love, More Power podcast. Our vision is to pursue love, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you would prophesy. Our hope is that these conversations will inspire, encourage, and even challenge you to live a naturally supernatural lifestyle. Learning how to live in God's love and walk in more of His power. Hey, we want to welcome you to the second episode of More Love, More Power. My name is Daniel and I'm one of your hosts And we are really excited to have a very honored guest with us today, Leif Hetland. And just want to welcome you, Leif. So excited that you're with us.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So Leif, you are a a husband, a father, an author, an international speaker. And I know you've had a, a tremendous impact in, in our house here, but also really globally. You lead a ministry, I, I believe it's called Global Mission Awareness, and it especially has a, a lot of, um, yeah, in Pakistan and the Middle East, you've had a lot of impact there. Isn't there a name that you they call you there? Uh, yeah, they call me actually
1: the Ambassador of Love. Wow. I thought it's interesting, Daniel, because I've realized this is a, an imam's hat from Indonesia, of the radical stream of Indonesia. But here in my office, I didn't even think about it, but there is an international peace award. It wow. says Dr. Leif Hetland, and it says the, from the president of Pakistan, the international peace award. But it says as ambassador of love. Wow. I just thought it's a memory stone of what God does.
0: <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah, ambassador of love, and um, man, I, I just know like you have an extraordinary revelation of the Father's love. Uh, it, it, I mean, wow, to have people in Pakistan and in Middle East even call you an ambassador—that that, that just really speaks volumes. I know that has impacted our house a lot. It's impacted me, and so I actually thought we could uh, start here. Um, you know, I love origin stories. It's interesting that you are wearing an Avenger shirt, which is full of different Avengers with origin stories. I love that. Um, and I, I think it would just help uh, many that are listening today get, get to know you a little bit. Like, how did you get called into ministry? Or, or maybe even more specifically, we could veer in on um, how did you receive this immense revelation of the Father's love? How, how did that impact you and kind of lead you where you are today?
1: Now, let me give a little of my background, Daniel. And first of all, it is an honor to to see you again. I still remember the first time we met, and but also, even, I have so many beautiful memory stones with the family up there and from both of the times. I remember in Orlando when uh, Diane and and Happy took me out for dinner, and we started to talk and started to connect heart to heart, and just the journey we've had together. But my story: I'm 55 years old, been married to Jennifer for 32. Years and we have four grown children and a or they're grown yet and a son-in-law, but anyway, uh, while my mother was pregnant with me in Norway, almost fifty-six years ago, while she carried me, she didn't know she was pregnant in the beginning and had a major surgery, and as a result, she carried fear, and she, so when I was born, I kind of came into this world full of fear. Another thing, when I was about 12 years old, there was an abuse that took place. There was nothing to do with my family. But the reality for me was shame came in. And as a result of the shame and the pain, because pain seeks pleasure, I started my journey as a prodigal son. I felt that God had disappointed me. And why didn't God protect me? And I had brought shame and fear. So I moved in because when pain is there, it's looking for something to and I ended up in drug addiction, alcohol addiction. And for the next five years, uh, I, yeah, I ended up as an 18-year-old suicidal drug addict, weighed about 99 pounds. And then wow. the beautiful thing is I met Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible, a Jesus that saved me, healed me, delivered me, set me free. And I often say that was the good news. The, the bad news was I went from rebellion to religion. I went to church where I learned how to become a good Christian. And I learned how to live for God, but I didn't know how to live from God. So I knew Jesus. And later on, I got to know the Holy Spirit. make this story short, I came to the States and I studied in a Baptist college, seminary, met my wife, became a youth pastor, later on a pastor, moved back again to Norway. And then there was a, there was actually two specific people in my Baptist church that I was the lead pastor of uh, that had cancer. And it did something for me, Daniel, because uh, I had hope and I had faith, believing that God could. But when they died and I had a funeral, this was like both when the Toronto was happening in 94. Says so we moved into early 95, I had a second major funeral that something died inside me because I realized if I have a high level of expectation, it leads to disappointments. So if I just lower my expectancy or expectation, I don't have to feel this pain. And then... Uh, But then something in me died because I didn't get to see much. I didn't get to hear much. I didn't get to feel much. So I just kind of was surviving. I believe God could, but not that he would. Uh, So I was hiding myself underneath the sovereignty of God and even some of my theology. But then uh, I heard that Randy Clark, the guy that God had used in Toronto, was coming to our little place. And about 30 of us pastors were invited for a little pastor's gathering. And my wife and I showed up. And I still remember Randy because... The humility and the vulnerability just shared authentic. It touched something with me that when I heard if God can do this for him, he can do it for me. So when they invited us to stand in a line, I was one of the ones that stood in a line and he says, touch him, bless him, fill him. But when he came to me, uh, he, he didn't say just bless him fill him and i saw the lutheran pastor go down on the floor then i saw the salvation army i saw the Methodist one after the other and randy didn't even touch them this was back in the vineyard days where they kept your hand about a foot away so, yeah. it was, so anyway so but when he came to me he says you are a bulldozer and i'm thinking no i'm a baptist pastor you <laughs> see, I, see, I didn't know much about prophecy but you're going into the darkest places in the world where the gospel had never been before and the next moment I'm on the floor. And it was electricity and fire, electricity and fire. And then for the next two hours, I didn't know that God was rewiring me. When I came up from that floor, I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit and baptized in fire. And so that started a journey for about a week. Uh, at least a week there was a sovereign move of god's spirit where all the gifts manifestation gifts was operating i remember i walked by a heroin at it and just walking by him he had not had his shot that morning and he was sick but i walked by him and the presence of god just hit him walking by and just wow. all these things healing started to happen deliverance started to happen i was like and then i had another one a a a leader with youth with a mission from Holland that came up to Norway. And I translated and he looked at me. That was two weeks after Randy said, you are a bulldozer. And I'm like, wow. And he says, I see you're going into the darkest places in the world and you're going to lead over a million Muslims to Jesus. And I thought, this is strange because I didn't know one Muslim. I didn't even love Muslims. But the story went there. Six months later, I'm in my first meeting in the Middle East. And I got to see the lame people walking, blind people seeing, deaf ears open, up, cancer disappearing—some incredible creative miracles. But something changed on the inside. So that started my journey in power evangelism. And but then also the enemy—I didn't—they didn't tell me with a prophecy that as a bulldozer you hit things and things hit you.
0: Mm.
1: So first was my neck. I ended up with a compression fracture. And then on August second, nineteen ninety-eight, I broke pretty much the rest of my body where broken ribs, broken back, leg, and I spent nine months in a body cast, and it just, there was a lot of opposition. We moved back to the States in the end of 97. So I lived in the States when this was going on, and by the year 2000, I pretty much had a breakdown. I had been to 54 countries, high achiever, and seen a half a million people saved, 300,000 healings, that there was still a black hole in my soul. There was something missing. And it didn't matter how much I did for God, there was still something missing. And we got kicked out of the Southern Baptist, which I was part of a mega church and lost all the mission support. It was just a season where first I was losing my health and second of all, as I saying, chronic pain, not being able to sleep. And now we were rejected by the denomination and the church and my wife and with four children, we were going to lose our home. We we're going to lose everything. And in the middle of that crisis, that's when I met Papa, I met (laughs) Papa God. And I had what I call my baptism of love experience where in a meeting with a man named Jack Taylor, who's brought a spiritual Papa to me today, we talk every day, he's 87 years old. And every day I lean my heart towards him. But Papa Jack, that was the first time I met him, he invited a small group of us to come to a leadership gathering. And Dennis Jernigan was playing the piano and he says, Leif, I have a song for you. And he started to sing this father's song for me. And this mm. liquid love came over me, uh, Daniel. And I ended up on the floor weeping and weeping. And in the next moment, I have a picture of this little baby in the mother's womb. And that was me. With the perfect love of Papa went in and touched the baby in my mother's womb and the fear. Then the 12 year old boy would be, but it just almost like a movie that went through my life and the love of the father just went into those deepest cracks that was in my foundation, into those dark rooms where I had things hidden. The liquid love just started to fill me more and more until in the end, after about two hours of this, there was an audible voice from heaven that says, Leif, Leif, you are my, and you are my beloved. You're my beloved son. Not servant, not apostle, not doctor, not author. You're my beloved son, 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 lathe. I love you. I love you. And I am well pleased with you. Boom, something exploded on the inside. My father is well pleased with me. I'm a son. I'm a beloved son. My papa loves me. He likes me. I don't have to do all these different things any longer. I'm free because whom the son set free is free indeed. And I didn't have to do this. I got to do it. I get to dream about Papa God and be on a journey, but I did it from a place of rest. So I started a journey then into the ocean of love, to experiencing the depths, the width, the length, and the height of that love so that fullness could dwell in there. So that's a little bit of my story that led me to the father. So I met the family and became a family guy now because uh, I, I have both the father, son, and the Holy Spirit. And here I am, part of the quartet sitting at the table, together with the family of heaven. And that's where I'm seated with Christ in the heavenlies. And from that resting place, it was a whole new different way of living and loving that started to affect me, my marriage, my kids. And eventually it's been on a journey that now there's a tsunami wave of love that is touching the nations.
0: That's so powerful, ave Thank you for sharing that. Like, you know, it's interesting that you had a first encounter and then how many years later before the baptism of love, like, I, I, I just think it's important for those listening, like, you know, this is a, a kind of a lifelong journey. It sounds like you've been on, you know, and yeah, could you, what, what was the year span? And, you know, I guess, you know, maybe a question is, it, it sounds like there was a lot of ups and downs, even after your first call through, you know, Randy's prayer, you know, like, how did you get through that discouragement?
1: Yeah, I think that uh, There was two major things. When Randy prayed for me, it was June 6, 1995. There was another five years before I had my baptism of love, and those were very tough in many ways. But it was about 17 years before we passed the one million mark. That was in 2013 when we finally had seen a million names written in the Lamb's Book of Life from the darkest places of the world. So that was a 17 year from you got pregnant with a seed. But then in the next moment, you go through a long gestation period of time before there's birth. And there was many, many times if it was not for the encounter. And I think also God saving me from me. uh, That was what happened to the baptism of love. Uh, because there was a totally different freedom to wake up with an A-plus on your report card before you take the exam. That was very necessary because uh, broken bones, and I still had chronic pain. Uh, I've had 12 major surgeries, and uh, and it ended up also in the journey. I spent 11 years from 95 on opiates and pain medication, and two wow. years I used it. So there's a lot of things that is part of this story in yeah. regard to it was, it was not easy, but God has been good. And it's just. Uh,
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like this. It's so important. Um, you know, I've often said kind of this phrase like, "What he's doing in you, he wants to do through you." Like, you're, you know, you're obviously your life is a testimony, uh, to Jesus. And, you know, maybe some listening right now are, you know, dealing with, you know, pain in their body. It, it's it's so. I think just having this tension that you're seeing people set free and healed and, you know, delivered of things. And yet you're still experiencing some pain or like what, how do you, how are you reconciling those two things? Like what has God taught you in, in that, you know, is it related to the baptism of love? Is it, you know, what has he taught you?
1: Yeah, it is, I think it is related in many ways uh, because there's not been one moment that i have questioned how good god is and how loved i am there's other things i have questions why didn't i get healed and i can give you a long list of why i've lost some of the closest people one guy who traveled with me for 15 years who was with me the first time i was with you Uh, he died and he died of cancer. He was like Jonathan and David. So living with a lot of paradoxes. In the last five years, two of my closest three people in that has traveled with me died. So I've lost a lot of people. I'm going over now with the persecuted church and meeting with some of the brokenness and the pain. And it is not because they didn't have faith. It is because they are faithful. They are paying a price. And uh, the pain that they are going through. Uh, so I say this as an encouragement to people that are watching here. Uh, I'm a dreamer and I'm dreaming with Papa God. But as a dreamer, I live daily with disappointments, discouragements, distractions, and delays. I call it the four dream killers for people. But if we're not aware that we're living with attention consistently, and I'm not trying to find balance, I'm trying to find rhythm in it. And it's more life is much more of a rhythm. And I think that like one example, now I just had a rotator cuff surgery. So right when I started getting well during this COVID-19 season, I fell and hurt my shoulder, tore, and I, I got to worry I was going to get healed. So I went through the process for two months, did all the physical therapy, everything I needed to do, but eventually came to the point where I had to have surgery. And it was a very painful tough surgery and I, I went to Papa I said Papa I have a little problem right now and he said what is this son I said well you said you're going to heal me and I had to have surgery and now I have eight months of physical therapy and all this pain and suffering and and Papa says son <laughs> wow he said that do you believe that I love you and I said yes Papa I know you love me and so he says that if I allowed a great surgeon using his gift. If somebody had a word of knowledge or somebody with a gift of healing, then you will be okay. I said, yes. And he said, and now that I use the surgeon, you're a little upset. I said, yeah, I am upset. And he says, don't you believe if I allowed you to go through this, I have something bigger and better for you that you couldn't have got if you didn't go through this process. And I started to weep and I just repented because I didn't know the father's heart. Like about 18 days afterwards, this door opened up and 16 nation in crisis with COVID-19. While I was weak in the middle of it, this thing came in where literally tens and tens of thousands of life was saved in the middle of this COVID season because I was available, I was down, I couldn't do anything. And in my weakness, he demonstrated his strength. So he wow. couldn't have done that if I hadn't gone to the surgery. And I wouldn't have been available for some of the things that God opened up in 16 different countries for me to be involved with from home, to be able to be an influencer and to be an answer to some things. So I'm just saying that I I have learned uh, in the middle of a lot of these crisis situations I've been in, that God uses all things out for good. That means all for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So most of the books that I've written about the chairs that I have been is not because i have always in chair number one, but it was dealing my own chair too. healing the orphan spirit has to do with my own black hole in my soul and baptism of love is my experience giant slayers how do I face the giant that is bigger than myself so most of those lessons came out of crisis came out of difficulties came out of breakdowns uh, when I missed the ball more than the home runs that I score but it always brings hope in the end of it so I don't write leading people just into a long Friday without also giving them Sunday
0: yeah yeah that's really good thank you for sharing that like I, I think it's you know really key that you know i don't know it's like your relationship with the father is so key and crucial to be able to be open and receiving what he's speaking to you in the midst of crisis in the midst of suffering you know even like knowing okay he's going to work this together for good um that just shows a lot of maturity so yeah just thank you for sharing your journey and it it really it's a great segue um to a few things I you know we're we're celebrating here um 10 years of more and more power conferences. And, you know, it's kind of amazing that God has sent, you know, the right people at the right time um, to deposit something really special. And, you know, he sent you to us twice, once in 2014, once in 2018. And I I just wanted to kind of, yeah, maybe remember a little bit of that and just kind of hear how God is. uh, you know, been further advancing these deposits that you've given. Like um, the one thing that has really impacted us here is your—I don't know what would you call it—a revelation or insight. And you call it the three chairs. Um, I actually have this right here. I don't know if you can see this. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's almost the same frame. So our okay. senior leadership were so impacted by um, the th- just you're understanding um, this amazing revelation of the three chairs that they got us all these uh, for our offices to put, to remember like, hey, I think you're jumping in chair number two. But um, you know, one of the things you called like, you know, creating a place, um, not just a visitation, we don't want just a vegetation, but we want habitation, you know. And uh, one thing I, you know, as, as a recalling these powerful, like, this, these powerful insights you were giving us was, like, you know, you talked about, like, you know, institutions that were, you know, formed, you know, the, the forefathers, they, they had this habitation, and they had these amazing encounters, but then their children kind of just talked about those encounters, and then the, their children, you know, they, they were in chair number three, like, they didn't even have relationship because it happened, like, you know, generations back, and yeah, I don't know if... You know, what has this been like today? It just feels like we're in such a need to be in chair number one, but we're kind of chair number two people where we're trying to earn everything. I, I don't know if you have any insight. It's just been so impactful uh, for us here. And so we'd love to hear you just, sh- yeah, share about that.
1: Just for some of the ones if this is new for you, but it was three chairs as an illustration like you showed. But if you think about chair number one, it's about the kingdom of God. And so if you're in Chernobyl one, the supernatural is natural. Those who are led by the spirit, they are the sons and daughters of God. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of your flesh. The fruit of the spirit, the fruit of Chernobyl one is love, joy, peace, patience, etc. So that's Chernobyl one. Chernobyl two is the kingdom of self and the people that are living in that they are saved too, like in Chernobyl 1, but they are living for love. They are often achievers. They are restless in nature, often operating from a place of fear and they friends of fears, shame, and guilt that is part of their life. They're either struggling with religion by doing all these things for God or rebellion, the different sin issues, because the pain in them seeks pleasure. So Chernobyl 2, Right, They are being influenced by the world. They are saying, oh, the Republican, or oh, the Democrat, or this or that. It's us against them. That's the way the chair two is operating. Chair number three is the world. And America now as a nation has ended up in chair number three. And the primary reason is because of chair number two. And we see now that we are settling now in a, in a culture that to some degree will not have anything to do with Jesus at all. Not because they've rejected Jesus. They just don't know about chair number one. Yeah. It is the way that chair number two have represented. So 93% of the churches and the believers are in chair two. And so we've been influenced by this world and do not even actually, we're not able to be light or soft or to make a difference. And as a result of that, part of my assignment has now helping people to come home. And the first thing there is to find your identity because you cannot do it as an orphan. You, you have to find your identity as beloved sons and daughters and have a view of God that looks like Jesus. Because who Jesus is to us is who Jesus will be through us, and all Jesus did is only what he saw his Father do, and he said what he heard the Father say. So, chair number one, the lifestyle of chair number one, and being a true disciple and follower of Jesus, is gets to represent the Father that sons and daughters would adopt of the Holy Spirit, meaning the Spirit is resting upon them. While in chair number two, they have pigeons and it makes a lot of noise. <laughs> and I know that the reality for most people is they visit chair number one. I was like, well, it was an amazing service. We had revival or we had this guest speaker or uh, I was online. Or, and then they live in chair number two. And especially then when the pressure comes, because we've just finished the year where we chair two and three is being shook. Sure. There's a shaking going on while chair number one is unshakable. So, you realize there's a lot of things we have to let go of, but that's difficult in chair number two. Because, as I was saying, that when you're living your life towards inheritance, while chair number one, you're living from inheritance. So, I believe that what Papa Goddess is just restoring our identity back as beloved sons and Second, of all, intimacy, because now when you have identity, you're not just on a date with Jesus. You're married to Jesus. You're one with Jesus. Then from there, you start the intimacy with him, getting to know him, getting to know his heart. The best thing about Jesus is Jesus. In chapter 2, it's always what he's going to do for you instead of who he is to you. So out of the identity, there's intimacy. And out of the intimacy, there's inheritance. Everything that Jesus paid for is available for us to be able to Utilize on a daily basis in our life, in our marriages, in our home, in our churches, in our community. It's called inheritance, living from inheritance instead of towards it. And then the destiny, each one of us have a uniqueness and a special place and a calling. But it all comes from the identity, intimacy, inheritance, and the fourth leg is, in, is destiny. So the school teacher in chair number one, wow, thank God it is Monday. In the middle of everything that's going on, somebody maybe see ADHD, you see creativity. Mm. The people in chair number one, they are lamb and lion because Jesus is both the lamb of God and the lion of the tribe of Judah. So you get broken over the things that is broken. While there's been a lot of prophets in chair two that's been roaring hard, but not coming from the lamb's heart. While Jesus himself is primary, the identity is in the Lamb, then the authority is in the line. But when we roar, people gather. So you will find unity is coming as a result because you are totally one with Him. And you start to unite instead of fear divides and love unites. So the baptism of love is actually the super glue that gets you to stay in chair number one. And you maybe visit chair number two. And I, I do that on a regular basis. My friend, Dan Moeller, I, he was just with us a few weeks ago and I told him, I don't know anybody that is in chair number one all the time, except for my friend, Dan Moeller. That's right. you know, I'm just, I said it, but he is, he is a real deal. And but, yes, I, but right. I'm in chair two quite often and, but I don't live there any longer. I come home then I repent, living a lifestyle of repentance. And then I find my resting place in chair number one. Seeing his face, hearing his voice, feeling his love, experiencing his presence, and abiding in his pleasure, knowing I have an A+. And when I'm there in that place, now I can freely receive, freely I give. And it's a whole way of living and loving and to be a difference maker. It is to be able to be an influencer. Now you will influence the world. If that's Islam, in chair two, Islam is a problem. Chair one, it is a promise.
0: Wow. Yeah. In
1: chair two, you touch the lepers, you become unclean. But in chair one, if you touch the lepers, they become clean. Yeah. So that whole paradigm shift is an invitation for us, especially right now in 2021. So I feel like there's been a lot of upgrades. And the biggest one for me has been for me to love me the way Papa God loves me. Wow. That is the biggest key. Uh, the only one that captured that in the New Testament was John. Yeah. Yeah. The rest of them knew how much Jesus loved them, and there's people out there, but you end up in chain number two. Because when there's love deficiency in your life, there's also God deficiency, because God is love. Yeah. And the area you're not comfortable with love, you're filling that with something else. And that's the button the enemy uses to get you into chain number two. Because Lucifer was the first orphan. When he left heaven with one third of the orphans called demons, all he's trying to do is to get us in chain number two because he knows that. The wall chair number three is going to see who we are because we have learned how to love and jesus said the way as he washed the feet of a judas and that's good for 2020 with black lives matter with the election with all the stuff we've gone through in the last year and it's been hard daniel my wow. son was african-american and some of the things we faced his mother died of covid 19 early on uh, have lost all his grandparents don't have any parents left And so it was a tough year with all of those different things. But in the middle of all the chaos and everything else, we have had an opportunity to represent a good God. And that's the beautiful part of sons and daughters in chair number one, where suddenly in the next moment is no longer this us against them, but Jesus, the way he washed the feet of Judas, the way Jesus even washed the feet. He says, now, as I've loved you, John 13, verse 34. Now, I want you to love one another that's a radical the way jesus have loved us we love one another and that's how the world is going to see who we are that we are general one and later on the prayer in john 17 that we're going to be one just as he is one the same glory he had with the father we're going to have the very love that he has with the father we're going to have and that's how the world is going to see who we are that's how they're going to believe that's how we're going to see the one billion sons and daughters of glory coming in it's because healthy family and that's what god has restored anyway that's
0: that's good, man. I, I feel like a fire hose of just revelation that's really good. And As you were talking, I, I was thinking of that verse, like, lo- you know, love as I have loved you. Like, um, So would you say, okay, like, yeah, this year has been challenging, and I know, um, you know, it's like everything is being redefined and where we get our value, it, you know, it's almost like you're searching for significance. Like, would you say, you know, the first step out of that chair number 2 when you feel like you're having to earn it or whatever would, would be meditating on that verse or like i just know a lot of people you know we all end up in this chair number 2 um just earning what what would you I think say that verse is
1: very helpful but what i've done a couple of different things that i use as tools myself but one I think it's a good classic for this season is John chapter 20, verse 19 to 23. i give you a three minutes quick summary of it, but the disciples are all in a room, quarantine. This is right after the resurrection. So when things uh-huh. are tough and hard and they started into that 2020 year for them, they're all hiding except for John. And the reason John was at the cross is because John loved John the way Jesus loved John. But all the rest of them, they escaped. So here they are crippled in a room full of fear. Quarantine, cannot leave that room, afraid. The very one that was supposed to follow Jesus, and I believe it's a picture of many of us in the church. But then Jesus comes and he appears among them, and he fills that room with his presence. He doesn't knock on the door because he is the door. And I think the first thing I've done when I'm in church too, is just inviting the presence of Jesus to fill this room. And then then Jesus says, peace be with you. So from his presence, I've received his peace. And then he showed them his hands and his side. He shows us our provision, Daniel. So anything that I'm facing, my chronic pain, my shoulder. uh, Right now I have this uh, fungal thing going on, mold in my lungs after COVID and a problem breathing. Well, no, look at his hands and his side.
0: Mm.
1: Wow. That's a marriage statement. He says, I am. I am your healer. I am your peace. I'm your joy. I'm your wisdom. Anything you need, look at his hands and his side. So he shows his provision. I'm back in chair number one now. His presence. His peace, his provision, and the Bible says they became glad, a new passion in the middle of what's going on. Nothing had happened, nothing had changed in regard to circumstances, but they have changed, full of his presence, full of his peace, full of his provision, full of his passion. Then they're getting a new purpose. He says, as the Father sent me, now I send you. So always get back into the alignment before you're going into the assignment.
0: It's good.
1: So Chernobyl one, when I am at rest, then I receive his presence, peace, provision, passion, and then double for your trouble, another peace. Now freely I've received his peace, his presence, his provision. Freely I received now. I can come in and say, What is your need to the world around me? The world that is broken, and I can carry with his purpose, his power. So he breathes on himself, received the Holy Spirit. But the last verse says, if you forgive the sins of any, they will be forgiven. But if you retain the sins of any, they will be retained. Your view towards the Muslim, life, your view towards the Democrats, your view towards what's happened here has all to do with how I treat it because you're supposed to represent the Father just like I did. And that has become a practical thing all during 2020. He says 2020 for 2020. And that is when he showed him his hands and his side and gave peace. That was for, and in this year now, as we're moving in, there is now another round of peace for us for this year, 2021. So I just, that's a practical tool that I've used all this season. So as soon as I get in chair two, lean back, i repent, and I'll just receive your presence, Jesus, to fill your peace, your provision, whatever I need, not for the purpose of the assignment, but the alignment for the alignment, yeah. coming into an alignment, And now I'm resting. I'm experiencing his presence, his peace, his provision, his passion, his peace. Then I have his purpose. Then I have his power to do anything that he wants me to do. And with that, also his perspective and his paradigm about what's taking place. Because when I'm in Chernobyl one, I don't see a problem. I see a promise.
0: Yeah,
1: It's a different perspective. I'm not judging the people that are judging or becoming prejudiced against people that are prejudiced.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because it's so easy for me. That's what happened with me in yeah. chair two, Daniel. I started to judge people I was judging. I started to become prejudiced against the people I were prejudiced on both sides of what's yeah. been going on. And the Lord started to say, How do you love both of these groups? Yeah. Wow. The victims and the victimizers. What does that look like from chair number one? And as soon as I was changed and I was willing to say I know what they deserve. That was verse 23. I know what they deserve. But could you place that on me so that they can become free? Yeah. That's the way Jesus loved us, Daniel. And then he said, now I want you to love one another that way. And that's how they're going to see who my papa is, that also who you are.
0: Yeah. That's so good, Leif. Thank you. I I love that just, you you know, before you go for your assignment, come into alignment, you know, just like, the order matters, right? You know, where, where, this, where the starting place really matters, and that, that's a great, you know, and it's a, it's a really good, you know, segue as we kind of close out here, and you're, you're already kind of touching on this a little bit, but, um, you know, what the Spirit is saying to you today, how do we, how do we like, how do we walk out this t- turbulent time, and I know you just uh, updated a book that um, is really powerful, the the healing of the orphan spirit. And, you know, that revelation, just sonship and, you know, dispelling the orphan spirit has been very powerful in my life. And I'm still like learning and growing in it. But I feel like that spirit is so rampant right now. You know, it's kind of been exposed and I don't know. Yeah, I don't, you know, whatever you're sensing, but I would love just, you know, anything that you're sensing as we're navigating you know, the rest of this year and and beyond, um, any encouragement or just how do we walk this out? Like, yeah, we'd just love to hear what you think the Spirit is saying to us right now. Yeah, I think
1: just, Daniel, there's three specific questions that I've heard specifically since October, the Holy Spirit has been whispering. But it's three questions that I believe every one of us needs to answer clearly if we're going to live and love right. Number one, what time is it? The time we're not talking about the clock, what time it is in Georgia or Illinois, but the Kairos moment we are living in. And I'm here to say we're living in the second most important time in world's history. The first was when Jesus showed up about 2,000 years ago, but we're the second most important time. And this is important for us to understand the Kairos moment that we are living in. Second of all, what is God doing in our generation the reason that is very important is a lot of people tell what the devil is doing. A lot of people are telling what God is not doing. If you do not know what God is doing, you're going to be distracted by what God is not doing. And by you will listen to the bad news instead of coming into the alignment with good news. So when you understand God's timing, this, I wake up every morning then when I realized the Kairos moment, the sons of Issachar, they understood the time, but he also knew what to do. And the third question is, where do you fit in? Where is your place as part of that? So instead of asking God to bless what you are doing, you get to do what God is blessing. So when you're in that, so that's been the three questions that I have been, and that's a whole podcast probably in itself, But <laughs> yeah. and bring that, but that's been a three question I feel is so important for every individual, every marriage, every business, every church is what time is, and what is this Kairos moment? And it is so significant to be able to see that when God showed me what was going on here, the timing, what God is doing and his invitation for us to be involved so I give just a practical and we're gonna but God is about to restore a unity so when I ask God what, what are you doing and He says, I'm answering my son's final prayer and I said well, which one and he said that they're going to be one just as me and my son was one I'm answering that prayer and then I saw the John 17 so we're going to see a unity in a way we've never seen before I'm going to sit there with a Sunnah Muslim, Shia Muslim. He, I mean, I'm bringing Hindus to the table. I've just been sitting here with Blacks and whites, radicals on all sides. Well, I mean, I'm seeing it. We're going to see a unity like we've never seen before. And the second of all, God is restoring his family. At the got the reformation. So there's personal revival that is happening in this season. And people have to capture that. Revive. We're going to become alive again. Back to our first love. Back to chair number one. Second, what he's doing, he's transforming us. That's from the inside out. So from revival, the personal transformation. And the third one you would see, personally speaking, that's happening. Reformation we are then going to leave. There's a new reformation coming that is transforming culture. And when you capture what God is up to and what God is doing and that there is a tsunami wave of love, this is called the Agape Reformation and the Father is being restored to the world. Just as Jesus the Son was in 1517, when you had a reformation of grace, just as the Holy Spirit in 1906, there was a reformation of power. This one is a reformation of love, and it got a reformation that is going to spread throughout the world. The world is going to see who we are, and this is going to be a key before the second coming of Jesus. So I'm, We have plenty of time left, so people don't need to be nervous about it because... It's- Very clear, God started as a family and he ends as a family, represented from every nation, tongue, tribe, and language. He started with a garden, ends with a garden city. And we are this generation right now that's going to see the greatest move of spirit the world has ever seen. So why is the devil so afraid and he's coming in with division? Because of the unity. Why is the enemy trying to kill the babies because that's a forerunner anointing that God is raising up and he's afraid of their voice. Why is he attacking family and marriage? Because God is restoring his family on earth that looks like the family of heaven. How do I know? Because I've read the book of ending. I saw how it ended. Yeah. And we get to be part of that. And when that is happening, then it is just to come before him, in general, one as beloved sons and daughters. Sons and daughters grow into maturity and becoming friends of God So you can co-labor with him And then they are becoming fathers and mothers And when you have three generations Sealing of one generation is the flow of the other one Then you're going to see cities and nations being changed So it is a beautiful time to be alive This is not the time to be overwhelmed by our circumstances This is the time to be overwhelmed by his love Overwhelmed by his presence Overwhelmed by his promises And I'm getting so overwhelmed in this season of what God is doing What God is saying that, (laughs) wow, and I get to be part of this, but my grandma and grandpa and all the generation before had dreamed of living for such a time as this. And here we are, this generation, and the enemy is so nervous about it. Look at this attack that he's doing because this is the time. This is what God is doing. And now he's inviting us to be part of it. Wow.
0: Wow. That is so good. And I hope those of you listening right now hear the hope that Leif is releasing. Like, you know, for every, everything that God does, the enemy wants to attack it. But the, I just love life, just the, the hope that he's instilled. Uh, obviously you are, you are right now in chair number one, just kind of releasing, you know, just what's coming from the father, the victory, everything. And, um, just as, as we close out, um, w- would you, I, I don't know, I just sense that you have something to pray over us, release over us, um, as you've been doing, would would you just pray for all those listening right now that you know maybe have felt discouraged or just not sure how to move forward or, or where to hope you know you know put their hope into? Would, would you mind just praying and releasing that over us?
1: It would be my honor, Father. I thank you that you are a good, good papa. <laughs> I thank you, Jesus, for the divine exchanges that took place on the cross. I thank you, Jesus, that you took our sin, so now we are righteous. You took our shame, so that we are glorified. You took our sickness and our disease, so by your stripes, we are healed. You took a bondage so we could receive your freedom. But for a moment, Jesus, you were separated from perfect love so we could be restored back again to perfect love. For a moment, Jesus, you became an orphan. When you said, Eli, 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 lama sabatani." my God, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? For a moment, you became an orphan so that we could be sons and daughters of glory. So Father, I just thank you, even as creation right now is moaning and groaning for the manifestations of the sons and daughters of God. I'm just asking even at this very moment that you will first of all, first of all, whoa, take and heal people in regard to guilt from the past, shame for today and fear for tomorrow. I just sense that was the three things. So any guilt that you're carrying from the past, I want you just to come to Jesus and wow, because he took all of that guilt so you could be guilt-free. And some of you carry shame. How do I know if it is shame? If shame will whisper and say, What is wrong? What you are not. Papa, God will always tell you who you are. So don't listen to shame off you. Shame off you in Jesus' name. No more shame. I just see even your faces starts to be lifted up and starts to shine in the middle of everything that's going on. So just repent. Take all of that. Jesus took that shame so that you are now glorified. And no fear for the future. No fear for the future. Because even as you're looking into the future, this is the revelation of Jesus Christ, not of Antichrist. The future is looking so bright and you get to be part of it. So no fear for the future. So i release at this very moment that presence, that peace, that provision, that passion, that purpose, that power, and that perspective that we get when we are resting in chair number one. I bless you. I bless your family with shalom. Safe, sound, complete, and whole in every area of your life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: (laughs) Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much, Leif. Thank you. Uh, Thank you all for, you know, joining us for More Love, More Power. You know, we hope this has, yeah, really challenged you and inspired you to receive more of his love so you can walk in more of his power. I mean, I I don't know if anybody can can release that more than you, Leif. I mean, you are just walking in the revelation of the, the, you know, the ambassador of love uh, so that we can walk and give that away. And so thank you for joining us and we love you, we're praying for you and can't wait to see what God does through your life.